Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to the Fashion Lab show, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. My name is Liz Ogumbo Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in again. Now, on today's show, we are on to dissecting the conversation around this 1.2 trillion dollar global industry. We call it fashion. And this is specifically with a focus on e-commerce and its evolution. Now, how consumerism has changed the way we consume all the way from the way we sell, where we see the future of fashion, and just sort of everything around this is what we're going to be unpacking today. What are you feeling like lately? How are you keeping up with it? I mean, do you find your fashion offerings getting lost uh, out of, um, you know, barely getting your story to your consumer? We're looking at a global sales expected to reach $713 billion by 2022 from an emerging worldwide middle class with disposable income. That means there's a lot of potential um, business to cash in on when we engage deeper into fashion's e-commerce. Now, according to uh, Nicole Blackenberg, a content writer at Storia, on her article around starting a successful online clothing store, this business is more than just buying a domain and placing an ad. You've got all of these notions around how to set up your shop, um, and a successful store is dependent on the niche you choose, the branding you create, the quality um, of not just only your clothing, but also your site, you know, the experience that people sort of feel. Uh, through this, the customer service that you provide, and definitely your fulfillment strategies. So just because a niche is not popular doesn't mean you have instant access to potential customers. In fact, the opposite is true. So with increasing popularity comes increasing pressure to differentiate your store from millions of other stores that are actually already online. Now, when I wear my fashion consumer hat personally, I generally feel overwhelmed before I even find what I'm looking for because there are a million of about there's a million and a million of what I'm looking for from a million brands I don't even know but obviously because I cannot feel and touch whatever I'm spending on like many of you I operate on trust on vibrations and sometimes which break through the journey of getting me so that's what makes me guilty 50% of what I buy or try uh, for the first time online is rubbish please believe me <laughs> the only difference between maybe you and me uh, those who are listening is that I take risks and I'm I'm running like I'm, I'm able to put my life on the line for a beautiful jacket or a beautiful pair of heels until it arrives and I realize it eh, is waka waka. But as a new brand to each market, when we penetrate into uh, new markets um, from a brand perspective, how do you meet and supersede the consumer's expectations? Consumers like me who are willing to take risks but are overwhelmed in a market full of so many different products that do not match what they actually say they offer. So I think that the conversation around um, e-commerce is crucial. Uh, We're going to be looking at it from a consumer perspective. We're also going to be looking at it from a brand perspective. So we will be right back after this music break. Hey, come my way, so can I come on, come on, 
Visit our page on fashionlabafrica.com. You're tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And before getting into deep on today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors who actually bring this show to life. Uh, we will be joined by our contributor and partner, Edgy Benson, who runs NU in New York. Um, and uh, he definitely brings in that echo from New York. We'll also be joined by our contributor and fashion expert, Ms. Francisca Marzilli, all the way from Lisbon with her echoes from Europe. And lastly, we'll also be joined by Zakia Bam from our brand new Glammy segment. This is the segment with a few tips and tricks around our beauty regimens and lifestyle. I would also urge you to stay tuned uh, to catch up with our wine style guide. <laughs> That's where we touch base about everything stylish about wine and style that go hand in hand. Also, a quick reminder is to look out for my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why? So feel free to share with us your who's your, and your, your why's when we are doing our who's and our why's. <laughs> Keep your tweets coming. We're at Fashion Lab AF on Twitter and Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook. We definitely would love to hear from you. Echoes from New York on Fashion Lab Africa with Edgy Benson. Edgy, welcome to the show. Hi, Liz. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I am good. We're having a heat wave, so I am managing. No, I was going to say, get that water so, and like, uh, I mean, get your, you know, you know what you should do is actually get your feet in a little bucket or basin of water, cold water, and also maybe a hot towel on your head because yes, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking to my New York uh, um, fashion, um, fashion photographer, Don Thompson, and he said the same thing a few minutes ago. He said, it's so hot, like he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so take, it is take my really hot. Take my advice, Edgy, but welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. What are you wearing and who made your clothes? Today I'm wearing a t-shirt from Uniqlo and cut-up jeans from City Junk, my own brand. So I'm kind of, you know, I dished diesel for one day. Thank you. Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. Proud. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. For those who are tuned in, we are so tired of these diesel stories. It's another story for another day, so I'll just tell you about that next week. But, um... Thank you for joining us, Edgy, and we definitely would like to uh, unpack your brains a bit around this conversation on e-commerce and its evolution. Talk to us, Baba. Well, this is the big, big, big thing right now. Um, e-commerce, it's so easy to just say e-commerce, though, but it's... Um, it's so multi-layered. Maybe 10 years ago, it was this little thing where we go to buy some things online and try them and return them. Today, it's essentially the gateway to sell things. Um, uh, it's sophisticated and it's continued to evolve. And uh, it's gone from just being where you buy things to where now you share ideas. 
and sell ideas. Um, so it's not just an e-commerce of products. It's, it's an e-commerce of ideas, of trends, and of all kinds of things, you know? Especially on the fashion end. Because fashion is it's a lifestyle thing. It's not just the jeans you wear, but what you wear it with and where you go. And all of those are facets of your life. And this e-commerce and e-commerce is addressing all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really a big it's the big picture thing for fashion. Um, just like we built infrastructure for the stores, now the infrastructure is virtual, but it's just as demanding as as it is if you had an an actual store on the ground. You know, you still need to have the right architecture. Um, so there's so many ways, so many areas to look at it from just from an evolutionary point. Now it's not about just selling products; it's about getting like creating peer-to-peer interactions where these interactions lead and drive products, you know? Um, and those are even multi-layered. There's like peer-to-peer, like business-to-business connections, family, friends, things. So there are all kinds of um, platforms, uh, you know, cropping up to boost, to populate this uh, e-commerce landscape. So. Um, it's just, it's so, it's, it's such a huge thing that is consuming the fashion in terms of how we offer the product, how we even manufacture the product, how we sell it and how we, how we, how we buy it. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to talk about today, especially in terms of Africa, because when you say e-commerce, people recognize that, you know, the first instinct they get is you're selling something online you know uh, but there are so many things that make that possible there are systems that that back that up so in terms of like africa i know it's going to be it's such a big deal for us to be able to be effectively serviced in that space in that online space for one the roads are not that great sometimes we don't have big malls sometimes yes we have our markets but e-commerce tends to shorten distances you know but e-commerce needs infrastructure to back it like payment systems you know gateway systems and also the communication platforms the interaction platforms you know so for me in terms of how it relates to africa i feel like we just need this um how do you how the best way like the 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 enabling the enabling circumstances the enabling infrastructure so i was right now at the moment facebook is creating this cryptocurrency called they're creating this libras platform where which will allow people to buy something as easily as they would send a text message just imagine what the impact of that would be on a continent like like Africa, you know, on on a population like Africa. So, and that shows you the evolution of just e-commerce beyond just the. It's not just about putting the product in the market. It's about how do you actually sell the product? How do you message about the product? How do you advertise the product? And you know, and there are all these sort of platforms that are effective, like Instagram, where you can shop. Facebook where you can shop and you can market and then there's peer-to-peer platforms like Mispo 
you know they just kind of everything is to shorten that 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 bicycle you know to find a bicycle you have to shorten it you know find a product buy it all of this is all in this ecosystem of 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 of, of, of e-commerce you know um yeah Eji, um when i speak about um when I spoke about earlier and just touched on it, but it's the truth, is when the idea of having or setting up an online shop and obviously with increasing popularity comes increasing pressure to differentiate your store from the millions of other stores online. What would be your advice to those brands who are looking to sort of set up and how can they actually set their stores apart? Because this is not an easy, it's not an easy operation. People think you can just open up your store, set it up, and then the rest is going to just fall like manna from heaven. What are, what are your tips for those who are setting up now? I mean, for me, like, it's such a personal story. Because two months ago, we opened our first online store. And you will think, wow, you know, we, you know this, we put a small message out, we open now, you think you have all this network of friends. No, it doesn't actually work. So there's a lot of work in just messaging the brands, you know? A lot of work in how this, people... The perception of the brands is so tied to what the, the the actual website looks like you know so it's really really interesting there's a lot to do you still do a lot of work just creating the right signatures for the brand um so it's researching the best things that work for you um having the right social media connections to to drive the brands you know and so there are a lot to do and you know i have this there's this 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 one of the one of the one of the uh, i have this really interesting um uh, friend of mine who who runs the the uh, the um the fashion week in 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 maryland for 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 dc maryland and virginia her name is ifeoma uh, onya i think she would she and she also is the lead designer for for her own brand cleopatra i think she has also some ideas you know she's she has her experiences in 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 this space and i would like her to share those with us so welcome to our show um so like you know we want to know your i know you you also have your own brand you know cleopatra and you i'm sure have shopped online or are selling online and we want to you know get your take from just a buyer's perspective and a seller's perspective online well um i think the e-commerce is, is taking off um there's a 27 percent growth from last year and the forecast says it's going to go up by about 50 something percent for next year um so from a buyer's point of view it's great because then you have people from all over the world buying your items you know buying your garments or candles like i have my own line of candles um but also from um, that's from a seller's point of view, and from a buyer's um, a buyer's point of view is good for me as a buyer. My only hesitation with that is having the time to have the items delivered to my home, try them on if they don't fit or there's a, um, something that's off about it, finding the time to repackage and then send it back, and also not seeing a lot of the times what we see on the internet is not exactly what we get when we actually order them and they come in so it's kind of a catch-22 situation where there's you know a lot of advantages about it and some not disadvantage but some hiccups about it in my own opinion 
But uh, if you're not, do you believe that this is the, uh, do you believe that um, e-commerce is actually the future and that, you know, as much as yes, brick and mortar is still, and I know that this is different in different um, countries, or different regions, like in Africa today, generally, I would say about 70, 80% of consumers are still consuming online, I mean, still consuming in the brick and mortar. They want to walk into the shop, they want to try on the clothes, they want to, it's almost like uh, an outing or like, it's just like a, you can't even have the conversation with a lot of consumers yet to be able to convince them that there is another way. And I also heard you say, you know, the whole thing of consuming online, getting the piece. If it's a brand that you don't know, the fit, uh, the piece probably fits in a different way. Then you've got to take it, you know, ship it back. The whole, that's, that is a headache. But the truth of the matter is we have migrated to the digital space, whether we like it or not. Uh, the consumer, the buyer, the product, the brand, everybody's online. And um, it's, I'm just curious, do you think that this is going to be sustainable? And do you think that that is the direction that it's going? We're not turning back? Or do you think that there could be a shift? Um, you know what? I think, Liz, you're right. I think um, that's where it's going. Because we all know that the, um, the millennials and also Generation Z, they I wouldn't call them lazy, but they like that convenience of just sitting behind the computer and <laughs> buying anything from anywhere. So I don't think it's something that's going to die tomorrow. I think it's something that is here to stay. As you can see, the internet, everything to do with IT is taking on a whole different direction. And, you know, e-commerce is growing. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a trend. I think it's here to stay. But um, I also think that the brick and mortar is also here to stay which is why some stores are not doing the pop-ups in the stores. People like Macy's, people like Bloomingdale's, you know, Macy's have the um, the market at Macy's, um, Bloomingdale's have the same, um, Nostrum and all that. So you st it's still here because you still have the, um, the traditional people, the old school people that want to be able to walk in and see what they're buying. And people still have to use it to um, do the, um, they, they, you know, dating. Going out to work for the month, so the, your partner is still a thing, you know, <laughs> because you can't shop online with your partner and say, Hey, sweetheart, you like this? You know, that's one of the time, that's it. But going into the mall or into the store, going out for ice cream afterwards, sitting down to eat something afterwards, it's still a thing. So I think there's, I think there's space for both. But I also think that e commerce is going to become stronger, which is why most stores have their e commerce platform right now. I think it's going to just get stronger and stronger, but I think we have a way to um, carry both of them. What and would the millennials say, they just want to sit down, you know, everybody want to sit behind the computer and do stuff. And I'm just curious as well, with the DMV platform that you have, you obviously um, um, sort of um, interact with brands and, and, you know, and different fashion designers on a regular basis. Would you also advise them or do you advise them to keep both, focus on both? Because the trick right now is... There's a lot of brands like myself <laughs> who are pulled out of brick and mortar like completely because I'm just really like, I want to, you know, when I started this online movement, when the year began, I said, you know, what am I going to do differently this year to get, uh, you know, different results? And I thought, you know what, this is something I want to go into, but I don't want to go into it halfway. So I want to go in like literally with my head in and my legs up in the air and then see at the end of the year how if it works and how it works or how at least i'll know that i actually put my back into it and put everything into it and the one thing that was consoling is yes i may be going in blindly but the good news is that we are still stuck on our smartphones we are still stuck on in the digital world and and then that means that there's a chance so each week as edgy was explaining 
his whole setup with NU New York, the challenges and all of that stuff and how it feels so easy. And then you get into it and you're like, my gosh, every day I'm thinking, okay, today, how am I going to push this thing? Tomorrow, Google Shopping. Tomorrow, Instagram. Tomorrow, what else? So I think for me, I'm just curious about um, feedback from different fashion experts or different fashion um, representatives that are playing in the game like you, like Edgy. Is it advisable for brands who are in a certain space, who are obviously watching and who still can have access to both worlds? Is it advisable for them to just go in completely with their head in into the e-commerce um, sector and really find ways to really build and curate and spend all their time building and curating this online experience? Or would you ad su suggest or advise them to to sort of stick into brick and mortar a bit, stick on that level and, st and still engage or try and get in online? So what I would say to them is this, and what I say to designers is this, it's all down to finance. We know that e-commerce saves you the, 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 the rent money, having a space and pay for the rent. But if you do have a platform where you can do both, there's nothing stopping you from, you know, enjoying the, um, the best out of the two worlds. If you have a storefront and it's cost effective for you and you still have those clients coming in there and making purchases, then stay there. If you, if you don't have that affordability to do that, then focus all your energy on e-commerce. Now, bearing in mind to be able to do well with the e-commerce, you have to become an expert on using that platform mm -hmm. to be able to do well for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes, you know, people bring out this narrative about e-commerce and it's like, oh, well, if I open up a website, the sales start coming in. It doesn't. No. <laughs> they can ask no. us. <laughs> right. no. right. you, know, you have to do your optimizers, your search engine optimizers. You have to be able to know how to handle it. You have to educate yourself on those things that will make you more um, versatile in that e-commerce environment. Your platform has to become solid in order to be able to um, fight for your space because we know it's a challenging industry but it's also a multi-billion dollar industry mm -hmm. and then you're playing with the big boys absolutely you know what i mean but if you're a company in africa i would say focus a lot on e-commerce if you want to actually extend globally learn about it know what you're doing and put your energy on it on this day and age you can go to youtube and you can google anything on youtube and you will see experts that will teach you on how to you know um, best use your e-commerce platform but if you also have that avenue to have even if it's a, even if it's going into a store you have the boldness to walk into a boutique and say hey can i have a concession in your store can i do it on sale or return basis and still have somewhere people can go in and see because i still think that you know the uh, millennials, you know, they're good. They got the spending power. The uh, Generation Z, they got the spending power, even though some of them are still young. But those traditional older generation, the go older but goldy people, they still have that solid pocket. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying that, you know, with, with what you're saying, there's a lot of um, um, great valid points that you're making. But at the same time, one of the things that I know based on experience here as well is it's such a monster we are dealing with. So I say, so, so what I'm saying is, you know, with the industry and the sort of the nature of it, it's, it sounds mm -hmm. like when you say, for example, um, you know, if, you, if you're looking at low budgets and you're setting up, maybe you should start online. But I'm thinking... And this is for you, Edgy, and if you're a man, I'm also curious about Edgy with your NU New York, but I know from my Lizzo Gumpa shop right now, 
I'm spending more than I would have. I have spent so much because what people underestimate is the digital expenses are quite. When you add them up, you would actually have a heart attack. So it's not mm-hmm. even a. It's, so it's funny where you think, okay, just the e-commerce platform, you set it up. Then you, you know, you work on things like optimization. You probably get an expert if you need to. Um, then you link up your store to third party. That's an expense. Then you link it up to whatever other things. Then you also have to create and, uh, you know, plug in a couple of apps. You might have to pay for those apps. Then you also have to, you know, sort of maybe start linking it up to Facebook and to Google Shopping and what that's also. And all the ads. And the ads are like literally the biggest monsters. And then you look at your bills at the end of the month and you're wondering. Mm-hmm. Alas, what were you doing? <coughs> Edgy, how I is think- it going for you? Because you're also in a phase and then i'm interested in hearing what the cleopatra experience is like so we can wrap up but it's it's not as easy as no it's not i think it's about (laughs) bandwidth really because online gives you bandwidth or presumed bandwidth in the sense that you think everybody's going to see it but by the time you you actually do the things that optimize that bandwidth for you in terms of you know just social media and the SEOs, you know, the search engine optimizations and all of those things. I mean, for me, typically, just for the first, I mean, just social media guys, just social media marketing, social media buying, that's going to cost about $4,000 a month easily. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can get you can get space to rent for $2,000 or less, you know? True. Or you can organize to be in a trunk in a, in a, as part of a shop, like Ishtoma had said. So it's all about, uh, you do need both. The, the mm. devil is in both. The joy is in both, you know? Mm. Um, mm. But it's just, how where, where are your optimal points? You have to find those. And I do think that in Africa, because of our distances are longer, just because technology may, may shut changes here and there, online becomes super important because whatever little breaks that you get in terms of distances people would see what you have you know but then again we do need the backup systems to actually assist the guy in in, in kenya who wants to buy something in nigeria or vice versa like mm-hmm. what are the platforms to back up those sales you know jumai yes it's online but jumai still needs to be backed up by a system of financial support you know mm-hmm. if a financial mechanism that supports it uh, and, and not yes. just sorry and just to add on to that not just financial um support on that end but i'll tell you the other biggest challenge here is the shipping oh my god like ghana must go <laughs> this this shipping mm-hmm. situation from africa to the world and back here is going to give us a heart attack i'm selling a blouse for 50 dollars shipping is 150 dollars please tell me who's buying <laughs> <laughs> no guys but stop it's laughing it's the truth <laughs> this is the truth <laughs> and it's not funny <laughs> uh-huh. but i think that's why we need to have conversations with courier services like dhl and ups and fedex so that they can because sometimes in this industry or in any industry sometimes there's a disconnect amongst all the key players you see what i mean so you know if we can if we start talking to them to say because i know with um with ups they do it based on volume and they have the international department where if you're sending um some they do based on the weight and some they do based on how many items you ship in a month yes so liz i'm gonna get that number and send to you send me the number let me say something else also what's crazy is uh-huh. this thing of shipping of talking 
I don't know, guys, if you know about talking in Africa. Well, I don't know. Just the whole world. Who actually has won or has made a, a statement and has actually got results? Tell me lately. And I want you, if you're mad, to tell me a few and edgy so that I can also write this down. Who has been talking and then made a... Uh, made um, sort of the, out of their statements and out there out of their talking and screaming and pack placards they've actually made uh, a sort of a change completely like flip over to a point where oh you know what you, what happened was before this we never used to be able to do this and then we went marching and talking and after this dialogue we actually can do this people are still talking about st- the stories that people are talking about even in the United Nations for heaven's sake are still talk conversations happening how many decades later Oh my word, girl! You know what, Liz? That's what the conversation for another time. Okay. And what happened? Okay. So Fair. many Fair legs. Okay. Okay. We have a lot of spending power in Africa. We have a lot of resources, but the problem we have in Africa is that we're not united as one voice. We don't have those advocacy groups that challenge people, especially people from the Western world that come over there and do business with us. When, um, and this is not to do with fashion, but I remember when people started making so much noise about Western Union and their charges with money transfers. <laughs> so what happened? Well, of a sudden, it went down from 20 something to $10. That tells you that united we stand, divided we fall. So, yeah, we need to, it's true. We need to start, we need to change the narrative on how people treat us. We need to change the narrative of how people do business with us. Or we need to do it ourselves. That's a, that's uh, yeah. that's that's normally my biggest my that's my first step. That's normally my plan A. Do it yourself. I'll just talk about on career services. The thing is, the thing is, the thing is, we are already doing so many things. If you're, do you want to take that over then maybe, and we'll use your services. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is this, right? Even with with the existing systems, if we consolidate, right, mm-hmm. it's just a question of us banding together and consolidating. Then you can get, because then you're united enough to to be an influence on on prices and stuff. Even mm-hmm. for DHL and UPS and the rest, if you go as an individual, it becomes mm-hmm. a problem. But if we banded together and that band only has two people. It mm-hmm. still has the, the picture of a band, just automatically by it being a band, you know, wow. you, you, you attract some, some, some different rates. So that's something we can look into, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested in yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. Because we have run out of time on this segment, and I know that we are going to get another opportunity. Thank you, guys. That is Fashion okay. Lab Africa. This is Fashion Lab Radio. This is how we dissect the business behind fashion. We will be right back after this music break. You keep talking and talking and talking, and but we keep walking and walking and walking and walking because... You wonder why no one's listening and listening and <laughs> take the U-turn, baby. You know, you're tripping, right? <laughs> you don't know me, don't even know my name, what mama told me, how life unfolds me. You don't know me, how God grows me, what mama told me, how life unfolds me, how life unfolds me. You don't even know how high I wear my heels. The detail on my stiletto, how it makes me feel What I like to do on a Sunday afternoon What I'm thinking when I'm hanging upside down, down You don't even know how I like my black coffee 
Cause if you did, you would come with tango easy Here you come, sub me ice with my red wine You just disrespected me and my wine, that's a fine You don't know me, don't even know my name What mama told me, how life unfolds me You don't know me, how God grows me What mama told me, how life unfolds me You keep talking and talking and talking and But we keep walking and walking and walking and walking Cause uh, you wonder why no one's listening and listening and <laughs> Take the U-turn, baby, you know you're tripping, right? <laughs> you don't know me, don't even know my name What mama told me, how life unfolds You don't know me, how God grows me What mama told me Cause you're trippin', trippin' Take with you to baby Cause you're trippin', trippin' You don't know me Don't even know my name What mama told me How life unfolds You don't know me How God grows me What mama told me Fashion Lab Africa. Echoes from Europe with Francesca Marzilli. In the first period, uh, about uh, 15 years ago, uh, here in Europe, uh, um, e-commerce was uh, was seen as a, as a as something uh, very far from uh, from the, the public in general. But uh, during the years, uh, uh, the, the volume of businesses uh, increased and increased. The first, uh, first kind of, uh, of trading was made uh, in travel market. Uh, you, you easily, with the upcoming uh, Ryanair and uh, low-cost companies, uh, let, they, they followed a parallel, a parallel uh, path with uh, the, the upcoming uh, e-commerce. 
and uh, this was the way to familiarize to familiarize uh, with uh, with the e-commerce for Europeans. Then, uh, talking about Europe, you have to always to figure out that uh, Europe is a very fragmented uh, uh, area. It's a very fragmented uh, continent. Not all, not only from the climatic point of view, as also uh, in a cultural point of view. Uh, the first uh, market um, that uh, that increased more in the e-commerce uh, sense was uh, was the north, and uh, then uh, expanded also to the Mediterranean area. Even if I yet I have to admit you that there is a different concept. Uh, about uh, shopping in uh, in the Latin uh, for in Latin culture, for Latin, for instance, for an Italian, for the average Italian, uh, go to shop is something that you like to experience as uh, as a shopper, but also to be seen. Uh, now this culture, of course, is is, uh, is changing, but. Um, uh, the, the first resistance to the e-market uh, from uh, an Italian and a Mediterranean, generally, point of view was, uh, was uh, this, uh, this matter. Uh, then, uh, uh, of course, uh, there is, uh, there is another, another part very important that, that is due to the fiscalization. If you, if you, if you make shopping um, sitting on your desk on, or in your chair home, you are not seen by anybody. So um, it's uh, it's an advantage for people who don't want to show how much he or she spends for uh, to buy to buy a fashion item. Um, I can say that uh, as fashion consumer, I like to experience more in accessories or in uh, something like sportswear or sneakers. Uh, even if I have to admit you that uh, I am uh, some kind of resistant uh, um, person from the, this point of view because I need also, always to experience uh, the, the sizes. Uh, the sizes, mark, um, the sizes uh, matter is always something that uh, I need to experience and uh, the, the, the thought about returning and uh, uh, cash back and all this uh, is something that struggles me uh, without any necessary necessity so I, I try to avoid it and if I can shop in a real shopping brick and mortar shop uh, shopping I can I do this uh, uh, better than online but uh, uh, of course uh, quality of life is changes uh, and other other kind of uh, matters of course are, are very are very important for the affirmation of this e-commerce if you if you uh, before if you if you spent uh, two hours to make shopping now in half an hour you you do uh, more than you need to do and uh, stay home and stay with your children or stay with your husband and uh, or do whatever you want to do with the uh, uh, on your free time, and um, so you you, you save uh, essentially. Uh, this is the advantage. You save your uh, your free time. Um, but uh, but um, uh, I've uh, I've interviewed a, a person that is living in Luxembourg. That is uh, Sylvia. She's a psychologist in the 
EIB uh, Bank, the European Bank of Investment, and uh, she is going to tell us how she lives uh, the e-commerce experience. Hi, good morning. This is Sylvia from Luxembourg. Um, I want to discuss about e-commerce. E-commerce is a, a phenomenon of our social and economic order that has virtually uh, revolutionized the, the way we consume. I started buying online about 15 years ago, mainly music and movies. Little by little, being uh, an Italian expat in a foreign land, e-commerce um, gave me the opportunity to buy other Italian language culture products, mainly books, I would say, uh, what in fact most influenced the choice to buy online initially was uh, indeed the ease and speed of purchase of products that were otherwise physically distant. Then when my family expanded some years ago, six years ago, um, online commerce became almost a necessity for a reason of practicality. For example, grocery shopping, which I now do uh, weekly online uh, at a well-known French supermarket chain. I personally have a mixed feeling about uh, online commerce, having grown up in a family of small traders. I can recognize the enormous negative impact on small business, the suffer due to questions of price competition, but I realize that the easy speed of access, they are powerful, uh, a tool for how society is structured. Um, nevertheless, there are things that I still have difficulties in buying online, for example, IT products and clothes. Uh, the IT products is because of warranty and assistant issues and uh, the clothes especially because of size issues <laughs> and also how they look on me so I this I still prefer to buy on uh, in uh, small shops and uh, so in short <laughs> after so many years I'm still an Italian <laughs> um, so this was Sylvia bye
Welcome back to Fashion Lab Africa. Before we move on, I would like to hear from you who are tuned in on today's show around e-commerce and its evolution. And I'm very curious about understanding how you're responding to consumerism today. I'm interested in knowing specifically as a fashion consumer in a market swarmed with billions of products, including your fashion desires, how do you choose or how do you even know? And remember that you may know you may have a brand that's called this or Gucci or that. But what about the new brands that are emerging that you don't even know and you've never heard of? How do you find the right brand in this full, heavy, overwhelming market? Keep your tweets coming. I'd love to hear from you. We are on Fashion Lab AF. Share with us your thoughts. Share with us your sort of tricks and, and ways you handle this. And as we roll over to Glamish with Zakia Bam. This is your girl Zakia Bam for the Glamish segment on Fashion Lab Africa. Hi, everyone. This is your girl Zakia Bam, the makeup maverick. So e-commerce and beauty, the rise of the well-informed consumer. And what do I mean by the well-informed consumer? These are people that want more buying power with convenience. The cosmetics market is estimated to double in the next 10 years with virtual reality color testers and full-on face glam apps like we've seen on Snapchat. As mobile devices drive the majority of internet traffic, Instagram and social media platforms are simple conversational tools where products and experiences can be shared between consumers and are key to engaging with consumers on core brand content. Online beauty shopping in most sites means you are getting unfiltered, honest reviews from people who have brought and tried products and can rate longevity, color payoff and biggest of all, value. And thanks to the sheer abundance of beauty influences across, across social media, local brands such as Switch Beauty, even with an internet-only experience, are, comp- are competing with time-honored brands such as Revlon and Maybelline. In conclusion, whether your brand is just starting out, expanding your reach, or adapting success for the modern shopper, the e-commerce strategy is proving to be quite effective to reach enthusiastic customers. <laughs> Love and Light, Sakia, the Makeup Maverick. I want you to get to me. 
Put your hands together one time. I want you to get together. Experience the real disruption of radio with Massive Metro. You're tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio as we continue this conversation around e-commerce and its evolution. Now, you listening now, you can use some tips. I'm sure there's some tips expanding your e-commerce presence. Um, we've had Ifioma um, Onia talking to us from the DMV Fashion Week. Uh, we've obviously had Edgy also sharing his, with us his echoes from New York. Um, and just with, you know, the different dy- dynamics around this conversation, both from a consumer perspective and both from a brand perspective. So... I hope that you're learning something, one or two, um, and as we are doing this, I would also like to sort of share uh, or touch on different angles that touch or sort of guidelines and steps that you could tap on while you get ready to start your online shop today. Uh, the biggest thing is uh, for you to be able to choose your online clothing shop um, with regard to or with um, sort of a reflection of who your niche market is. So. Getting and understanding your niche market, I think, is really key. Key, I think choosing your online clothing store product is very cool and making sure that you communicate that clearly. So if you are a wine accessory shop, then that really needs to be communicated clearly so that whoever it is or the consumer that's looking for what you actually offer can find you easy. I think another really key thing is um, to actually choose your online clothing store business model because uh, we all have different um, products, we all have different, yes, at the end of the day, it's coming from the brand to the consumer, but we also have different strategies. So you need to figure out how you want to set your model and then stick to it. I think that also being able to um, focus on uh, maybe just your shop and launching it uh, could be a great way to start because remember first impressions count and this is what I think I mean, you can also like I said this is a very open conversation and we also are open for other tips um, especially from different fashion experts across this field um, and also not just fashion experts across the field if you're already doing something and you're winning and you, then it means you have a winning formula we definitely would love to hear from you um, I think that attracting traffic or getting the traffic to your online clothing store based on the conversation we've been having today is really really essential it's key because what's the point of having a shop with no consumer you know so on my previous blog around fashion e-commerce and pollution on fashion lab africa i unpack a bit about the current situation around e-commerce based on my personal experience and also sort of ways to play around it so visit the blog um the fashion lab blog it's up on uh, the website 
and uh, put your mind on my insights and also share your thoughts on there. Now we are going to be rolling over to, <laughs> it's not the last of my favorite, but it's one of my faves. It's the wine style guide. It's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogumba Wines. So Fran we're going to start with Francisca because Francisca normally sets the tone. And uh, Francisca, what do you have to say today? Today I'm connected from Alentejo and uh, I warmly advise to visit this region because it's, uh, it's an amazing nature and uh, amazing wines. So my wine guide of today goes to a smooth and uh, velvety and fruity, marvelous Alentejan red wine. Oh, wow, interesting. And Edgy, what is your wine style guide today? Besides short cocktail dresses and heels, please, I beg. I can't have that one anymore. Uh, be besides short dresses, cocktail dresses, and stilettes. Oof, you lost me there for, for wine. What do I say? Okay, I'm thinking wine style guide. Where would I like to have wine? No, it could be, what would you advise for people who feel stylish, who how they hold their glasses, how they drink their wine, what they're doing, maybe their lipstick, maybe their hair, maybe their, you know, like I said, no cocktail dresses and heels. We've had enough of that from you for the last... How about, how about... Oh, God. I'm so lost. I, mean, I don't like, I don't like lipstick on wine glasses. How do I say that, though? Just the way you said it. Thank you, Edgy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> today, today, my wine style guide is decanting. And decanting is a very, very important part of, uh, you know, for those who think they or consider themselves wine lovers or wine enthusiasts. If you don't decant your wine, in Nigeria, they say now for you. So one of the things you have to realize, if you're a red wine drinker um, and you are a person who likes, you know, bold um, red wines like I do, the idea of decanting the wine is to deoxygenate it and that's the only way that you can experience um, wine in the best way that you should. Uh, I normally decant for about 15 to 20 minutes. If I'm very thirsty, it could be 10 minutes and I just close my eyes and just pretend. But it's okay even if you pretend as long as you start the process. <laughs> Another thing is good news, there are uh, decantaporas. I've also got some decantaporas on my online shop, which is lizogumba.shop. So guys, decantation is important. It's key. I think it's chic when you have really cool, beautiful decanters. So please, decant the wine. Uh -huh. Wine Style Guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogumba Wines. Okay. 
arena como sacudía el jibe a Chan Chan le daba pena Fashion Lab Africa. Hello, Fabsters, and welcome to your Fashion Lab Top 3. Now, your Fashion Lab Top 3 tips around running an ethical fashion business this week. Uh, our first one is ethics. Now, ethics is knowing the difference between what you have a right to do and what is right to do. Our second top three is transparency and accountability. Uh, as you would know, transparency is the new objectivity, so why not? And our third and last tip today is responsibility. The price of greatness is responsibility, guys. Come on. Let's just take responsibility already. Ooh, would you want a dress? <laughs> Ooh, would you want a dress? Guys, we are back to that last um, segment. It's that favorite, favorite segment of mine. It's called Who Would You Want a Dress and Why? Feel free to share your who's and your why's, and we're going to start with you, Edgy, today. Edgy, who would you want to dress and why? <sighs> who would I want to dress today? I would love to dress Francesca. 
I'm you can't you can't just week. oh my gosh Edu, you're so boring with this thing i have a already. lot of people i could dress but you know what though there's democracy in this thing i have a choice i want to dress francesca in this new house coats that are super trendy these days um big oversized tweets sweat co uh, house coats that are so cool and i think she'll be amazing in them yep that's the person i want to dress today interesting and who do you want to dress zakia who would you want to dress i normally go last if i could choose to dress anyone i would like to dress priyanka chopra <laughs> all right today i want to dress my baby sister and i want to dress her because her name is pasaka ojuang ogumbo She's probably gonna hate me and I'm gonna send her this clip so she can just like be like, please stop doing that. Like, why are you exposing me? I wanna dress her because she's such a beautiful girl and I feel like um she's also got like le faux pas en français. We say in French you say faux pas. Faux pas means do cannot or do not. Or you know the people who say, Oh, I only wear black. So she's also got she's not mm -hmm. she doesn't only wear black, but she's got those little things of like I wear this, that looks good, that my leg, uh, that I'm not sure if that so I would like to just bring her into an experience where I dress her from Monday through Monday or from Monday through Sunday, uh, experiencing different elements of what my brand offers and making sure she looks sophisticated and chic and just can go beyond uh, thinking, you know, beyond blockage. Is it beyond borders, blockage, bond borders? What do we call this one? I want to dress beyond her borders. to take her beyond blockage borders. That's it. Okay. Anyway, guys, that's my two cents. Let me know who you want to dress and why this week. There's a lot of people who need dressing because they just like terribly cannot make it. And then there's those who need dressing because they are sort of our muses. And then there's just those who need dressing like Trump and his tie because God bless America and Africa too. But let's keep moving. We really need to keep moving. I really hope that this conversation today has sort of shed more light into your understanding, has also sort of elevated your way of thinking around uh, how this uh, e-commerce um, conversation has been going down, how it could apply to your business. Uh, if you're a consumer, maybe it's given you more peace or maybe more ways of, 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 of consuming. And then if you are a, a brand who's starting, you have options and you really need to look and realize that uh, the digital world is going nowhere and the sooner that you adapt to it, the better. Thank you for joining us uh, on today's show. Thank you to our contributors, Edgy and Francisca, and uh, thank you for our guest, um, Ifioma. Uh, we are on fashionlabafrica.com for those of you who are tuned in and you can email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com to share us with us sort of what you would like to hear from the show uh, to help elevate this um, industry. Otherwise, I just think that this is uh, the way out. Edgy, any parting shots for the day before we go? It's just that it's important for us to populate this, the ecosystem, this uh, online uh, our e-commerce ecosystem in our own way in in finding ways to make it work for us in africa it's it's because it's the way to go well thank you very much for that um i think for me e-commerce is here and it's not going anywhere so i think the biggest thing uh I, I would advise is for you to embrace change and also engage your consumer while you evolve while keeping it authentic i think that's the way to go. otherwise it's peace and love until next week Toodles!
Heard in the middle of the 